You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. I want to talk from, um, I I barely have any notes, and so this could be a five-minute message, so, um, or it could be a really long message, I don't know. But I'm just talking from my heart of something that I haven't been able to leave. It's a scripture that most of us know well. And so I, I, I ask you to just don't throw it away. Don't throw the message part of it away because you've heard it before and you know where it goes. Because I've heard it my whole life in church and I just have been stuck on it. Just like, wow. And so I'm going to read it before I cry and we'll go to Luke 10, verse 38. It says, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their journey, they came to a village where a woman welcomed Jesus into her home. Her name was Martha, and she had a sister named Mary. Mary sat down attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation he shared. But Martha became exasperated with finishing the numerous household chores in preparation for her guests. So she interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, don't you think it's unfair that my sister left me to do all the work by myself? You should tell her to get up and help me. And the Lord answered her, Martha, my beloved Martha. It's like he just, he sees her in that moment. Why are you so upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Mary has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. She is undistracted, and I won't take that privilege away from her. I, I love this, and the more that I read it, the more that I can, I can see myself actually in Martha, and I can see myself in Mary. I think I can see myself in the exasperated part of Martha as she's trying to prepare her home. I think of um, myself telling on myself where, you know, um, Jared and I often have conversations like, well, what are you going to do tonight? And I'm like, I'm going to clean the house. And he'd be like, cool. And I'm happy about it. I'm going to clean the house. It's what's on my agenda. And then I'm like, what are you going to do? And Jared's like, oh, you know, I don't know. He's like, I'm going to work in the garage. or, you know, so he does art. So sometimes that's his, like, downtime is I'm just going to do some art in the garage. And I'm like, cool. Okay. I'm like, we're good. We're good. And as I start cleaning, <laughs> I hope there's somebody that identifies. I know there's got to be one. As I start cleaning the house, I start thinking of the list of things. And I get tired and I don't like it and I'm vacuuming. The angrier I become at Jarrett in the garage. And so then I'll come out and I'll come to grab something or throw something in the garbage, right? And I'm like, throw it. And he's like, you good? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm good. You know, and then I back at it and he kind of comes in and I'm throwing things and he's like, you know, what's, is it because I'm not clean? Oh, no, I'm fine. You know? And I picture Martha in the same thing, right? Like she welcomes Jesus and like probably never said anything to Mary about like, we've got this to do is just assumed. And then she becomes exasperated, right? And so then she steps out and she's like, Lord, you should tell Mary what to do. But the problem really isn't Mary. That's that's not really what the issue is. She's not, she's exasperated on her many things that she has to do. She's exasperated by whatever is going on in her life at the time. My problem when I'm cleaning isn't Jarrett's. It's that 
I'm becoming frustrated with all the things I feel like I have to do. And Jared's not lazy, he helps me all those things. I'm just giving you an example of a, of a I don't wanna say it's typical. Is it typical? It's <laughs> typical. Um, but so I began to look, I, I began to look at the definition of exasperated and the definition of attentive. What is attentive? So you see Mary, she's sitting there and she's listening to Jesus and, and it says she's attentively listening to him. This is what attentive means. She's paying close attention. She's watchful. She's observant. She's perceptive. She's focused. She's aware. She's alert. She's mindful. She's vigilant. She's absorbed. And she's engrossed. So she's like all in. Man, he's got something to say. And it actually says, it says that Mary was attentively before the master, absorbing every revelation that he absorbed, that he, that he shared. Meaning that the more attentive that we are, the more revelation that becomes downloaded. And then it says, Martha was exasperated. And I kind of thought exasperated was like she's exhausted, right? Exasperated is an intense emotion. It's intense. And it means intensely frustrated and irritated. Anyone ever been there? (laughs) It's an intense emotion. It's enraged, it's maddened, it's vexed, it's infuriated, it's provoked. And that's how Martha's feeling at this moment that she comes to, to, to Jesus. It's like, I, if I, I can't handle one other thing, Jesus. And then you have Mary that's just like wrapped up in Jesus. Then the Lord answers Martha, and he, and he says this to her, Martha, my beloved Martha, why are you upset and troubled? Which I thought was interesting because she's pointing at Mary, right? Like Mary, if you could get Mary, and he says, why are you upset and troubled? Like what's really going on? Pulled away by these many distractions. Why are you upset and troubled? And that's what the Lord began to highlight to me that that had me stuck in this place of, why are you upset? Why are you troubled? You see, in in this story, what's going on right here is Jesus is right there. And Mary is like, this is what matters, this is it. And Martha is still upset and troubled. And, and I began to think of my own life where Jesus is constantly saying, come and sit, come and sit. When he's always in the room, he's always there with me. And so why am I upset? Well, I'm upset, God. If I were to really think about it, I'm upset about finances. I'm, I'm really struggling with finances, and so I'm having, okay, I'm here. I'm provider. Why are you upset and troubled? 
Okay, well, I, I, I'm upset because I am worried about my kids. I am worried about what could happen tomorrow. I am the beginning and the end. I am here right now, and I'm in your tomorrow. Why are you upset? I'm upset. I am troubled because I'm worried about my health. I am your healer. Why are you troubled and upset? And that was one part that he began to, he began to highlight to me, wait, slow down, Megan. What's going on here? Tell me what's going on. Because there's not anything going on in your life that I am not the solution to. That I don't have the answer because I am the answer. Why are you upset and troubled? And sometimes we get going so fast or we get our minds stuck in this roller coaster of things that are going on that we don't stop and identify this is actually what I'm feeling in this moment. And when I identify what's feeling, what I'm feeling in this moment, God, this is, this is what I'm afraid of. This is what I'm scared of. Let him tell you who he is. And then he says, why are you upset and troubled? And then he says, pulled away by so many distractions. Distractions that are pulling you, that are taking you away from that place of intimacy with me. When I was praying the other day, I was praying over some situations and the Lord began to say to me, that there are those that have partnered with a spirit of chaos, with a chaotic spirit, that the that, that chaos began to happen and you began to um, partner with it. You began to come into agreement with that chaos. And as you came into that agreement with the chaos, you began to get swept up into it, Beca began to become distracted by it, and it became your focus, this chaos that continues to happen. And, and, and as I was praying, I began to repent for it myself, and I began to break my agreement with it. No, I am not going to step into this chaotic thing. I'm not going to allow this chaos to happen in my life. See, he is the prince of of peace. And he said, peace I leave with you. Not the kind of peace that the world has, but my peace I give to you. So being, being in agreement with chaos is not the kingdom of God. That's not the kingdom of God. That's not the place that he, is, he has um, given for you to step into that you can walk through chaotic situations and not allow that to become who you are or affect you. Why are you troubled and upset, pulled away by so many distractions? But then there's the, the thought of distractions in general. There are things that, that, that have pulled us in so many directions, some things, you know, are just normal things that we've allowed it to be the center of our focus. 
that there have been distractions in our life where we have given our attention to it. Just like Mary is giving her attention to Jesus, we have given our attention to other things where we've become engrossed with it, fixated on it, watching it. And, and, and I'm not saying maybe it is media, maybe it is TV, but maybe it's other things where it has become the center of what you've given your attention to. And, and I just felt like, I just felt like Jesus saying to us, where, where is your attention right now? Have you become distracted with other things? And sometimes our distractions become the things that we're upset and troubled about. But sometimes it becomes the things that even the enemy would plant to pull, to pull our attention away for the things that really matter. And then it says this. After he finishes asking Martha, why are you upset and troubled, pulled away by all these many distractions? Mary, he says, has discovered the one thing most important by choosing to sit at my feet. And that really jumped out at me because this is Mary has discovered something. And how did she discover it? By choosing to sit at his feet. She began to discover things by a choice that she made. That, that, if, he, that if he's it, then he's everything. This is what I'm choosing. I... I I could set myself to many other things, but if this is where he is, if, if this intimacy is it, this is what I'm choosing. And as she began to choose him, she began to discover things. There are perception shifts that, began, that begin to happen when you begin to look at Jesus. You begin to see things differently. A lot of you know that I that um, I was away a couple of weeks ago. Um, Jarrett and I were blessed to be able to go to Cuba, and like the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen. It was just breathtaking. We had walked. Um, we, we arrived at nighttime and we were like, let's try and find the water because we love to sit at the ocean at nighttime. And it was just pitch black and and. Um, so we found the water and we sat at this beach or we sat on these um, benches and we were like, can't really see it, but it'll be cool in the morning. And we sat there for a while, just enjoying the ocean. And then in the morning we got up and we're like, let's go look at the ocean. And we went to the exact same spot that we was, that we were that night. And it was the ugliest thing we had ever seen. It was like, well, I hope this isn't the beach. Nobody there. There was water, but it sure didn't look like an ocean, you know? And so we're like, it can't be. Like, God, please don't let this be our ocean. And so we walked a little bit further, and, and uh, we crossed a boardwalk, and as we crossed it, there was the ocean, and we literally just looked at each other. It was, like, breathtakingly beautiful. The other part was, like, a lake or a slough. I'm not sure, but that's what we sat on and enjoyed the night of. <laughs> Perspective, right? Um, 
But there was a there was a lot of events that that transpired while we were there. And as I was getting ready to go on the trip, I kind of had a list of like, God, I need I need some strategy on this, and and I really just want to spend this kind of time with you, and this is what I want for this, and and and, and I just had some a list of things that I wanted from the Lord, and I really believe that the Lord had blessed us with this trip, so I'm like pumped, you know. And as we got there, it was crazy thing after crazy thing that 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 happened. It was it was um, lifeless woman being dragged to the beach, and I, I ended up being one of the only ones on the beach and ran over to her and grabbed her and started to declare Jesus over her. It's all I knew to say. It was a shocking moment of just like Jesus, 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 and. She sat up and wanted me to get my hands off of her <laughs> immediately. But it was like, of, uh, it, was, it was minutes of this man, it was his wife, and, and he was yelling like, help me, help me, help me. And that's all he could say because he spoke a different language. And, and there was nobody you could call. There was no 911. There was, our phones didn't work. There was nothing we could do. All I could do was declare Jesus. And and then there was another day where a man fell into a fountain and knocked himself out and and uh, Jared had to dive into the water and pull him out and he was covered in blood and Jared was covered in blood and and there were snakes and there were bats and there were gang members and there were <laughs> it was a constant thing right stories I could tell you cool stories now um, but but there, at one point in time, I, I literally stopped when Jarrett, we were sitting having coffee and he heard the splash and it was a ways from us. He heard the splash and Jarrett jumped up and said, oh no, I know this isn't good and started running. And at that point I stood up and burst into tears and said, what is this place? <laughs> and so exciting stories now, but at the time I'd walked with Jarrett and I'm like, I feel like I am like full of adrenaline and I can't even relax. And he's like, me too, because it was something constant that was happening. So I came back and we were driving back and, and don't get me wrong, we had times where we were able to sit on the beach and we enjoyed each other and laughed and it was great, but there were just moments, right? And um, we were driving back and, and I, I was fighting tears because I just like, God, like I had a list of things that I really needed from you and I, I, I was just struggling with it. And so we came back on Thursday, Monday morning, um, God woke me up and he said, I need to talk to you. And there, were, there was an answer that he had asked of me. There was something he said, I, I need you to give me an answer on something. Take your time to think about it, but I'm going to require it soon. And so it was that moment he woke me up and said, it's time for that answer. Get up. So I'm like, okay. So I got up and, and I was talking to him and, and, and praying. And all of a sudden he began to talk to me about about the trip and he started to highlight every single moment that had happened on the trip and he said see you're seeing it one way but I actually want to show you my way every single moment was ordained by me and I was showing you a prophetic perspective of what is going to happen in your life in fact, that woman that was dragged to the beach, I showed you what was in your heart and what you were capable of. Get ready for more. And he began to 
shift perspectively every single moment where I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, I, I would tell you the whole story. It's amazing of the things. And all of a sudden I'm like, this was the best trip ever. <laughs> you knew what I needed. You were putting something in motion. And when I looked at it as somewhat a failure, you actually had set it up as something that would project me into my future, like Charity, which, which she wrote about, same thing as I was under the wrong shadow. I had the wrong perspective of what was going on. And, and this kind of thing comes like Mary, when Mary goes and she sits attentively at Jesus and because she chose this, she discovers. And I feel like the Lord is inviting us, inviting you, inviting me into this place of stepping away from the distractions, stepping away from the chaos, stepping away from the things that have pulled us in the wrong direction. Maybe some of the things that have even felt in our heart like disappointments and him wanting to shift perspective, wanting us to discover something new, wanting us to see something differently. And then he, and then he, he says, she's undistracted. Verse 42, she is undistracted. In other words, she's discovering these things. She's undistracted. And then he says this, I won't take this privilege from her. And I stared at that word for a long time. Because when did I start taking the presence of God for granted? When did it stop becoming a privilege, my privilege, that he gave me to be able to go and sit at his feet? I won't take this privilege. It's a privilege. That the king of kings has invited me to come and sit with him, wants me to come sit with him. It's my privilege. And I just felt like there's this posture in our hearts this morning that I felt was really important that we would begin and take a moment and begin to repent before the Lord for allowing other things to pull us away from the main thing that as the church, that there's a shift that takes place from us being so caught up in everything else 
And maybe there's a reason there's no musicians today. You know, the song that, that keeps going around in my heart is when the music fades and all is stripped away. I don't know the rest of the words, but I keep saying that, but I'll give you more than a song. I'm coming back to the heart of worship because it's all about you. When did I make it about something else, you know? Last week in, in worship, and I think it's amazing how God works because Aaron mentioned it and Adam mentioned it this morning and Aaron was talking about going to a concert and how everyone's like, you know, yelling and, 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 and screaming out someone's name. But then, you know, we come in here and we're like, you know, well, and Aaron made us, you know, yell out Jesus. And, and, and then Adam talked about, I'm not sure, but <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I thought it was amazing that you mentioned the David danced undignified before the Lord. And last week I was praying before the service and I was just worshiping God and the song came on and this is what it said. When did you become so dignified? Oh, it's time for you to come back to life. When did we make it about other things? I don't say that to condemn anybody because this is my own thoughts, my own, my own personal time that I'm sharing with you where I'm like, it has to be all him. It has to be him enthroned on the praises of his people, his people. And I think sometimes we make it about us about how I like it or, or what I need or to, to get into his presence instead of just like, he's here. He's here and I've, I've let distractions get in the way of the privilege of who he is, of the privilege of being able to come into his presence, of the privilege of knowing him. How did I, how did I get to the place sometimes where I'm like, I don't have time for this? You know, a lot of us struggle in this day and age in North America with the concept of rest. And I, I just need a break or I just need a rest. And I mean, we do need, you know, you, you need sleep and you need those things. But when your soul isn't at rest, a nap isn't gonna help you. Either is a vacation. Rest comes from trusting in him. 
And he began to talk to me about this too, of like, if you want real rest, you're gonna need to really trust me. You're you're gonna need to come to the place where you put those things actually in my hands. Because that's where the place of rest comes from. Otherwise, I'm carrying it. Otherwise, I'm going to be exhausted. Otherwise, my soul is not going to be at rest because I'm trying to play God in my own life. And so, so rest comes from the place of trusting in him, but trusting him comes from sitting at his feet. The more that I know him, the more beautiful he becomes the more big he becomes. When I was praying the other day, I was in worship. And I was just wanting, I just wanted to just worship. I didn't want to pray. I just wanted to be like, I just want to pour out worship on you. And I I was struggling so hard. I'm like, why is this so hard? But in the middle of it, in the, in the back of my mind, I was carrying something deeply personal, something that I was, I was worried about, struggling with, and, and didn't, I knew it was kind of out of my hands, but yet hoping that there was some sort of solution that I could fix it, and just, just something really close, you know? And so I kind of prayed over it and tried to get back into worship, and I just felt the Lord say, like, why do you think that you can't bring personal things as worship to me? that you bringing those things to me and laying them at my feet is worship. And so I I began to just, okay, God, I literally have no idea what to do about this. And it's breaking my heart. And so the way I, the, the way I am, is I, I, had to, I had to personally do it. I just, and I told him how I felt. I told him what was upsetting me because he wants to know. And then I left it there and suddenly this breakthrough happened in worship. And I just began, I just began to just pour out worship. You know, when there's that shift that takes place. But I realized as I was trying to hold, keep carrying and worshiping at the same time, he says, if you put it down, that's worship too. Because you're bringing it to me. And this breakthrough began to take place. And so today... I just feel this, this space that we're to make for him right now. Because I believe that, I, I believe that the church is, is moving into, into things that we've never seen before. But I also believe you could miss it if you were distracted with other things. I believe that it could be an inconvenience to you if you felt like other things were more important. 
And so I just want to take a moment because I believe God's releasing some things in our hearts today. And I believe that today there's a hunger that's birthing on the inside of us for the deeper things of God. I think there's a new depth. And so I just want us to take a moment. You can come forward. You can come to the altar. Whatever you feel like the Lord is speaking to you, you can stay in your chair. You can do whatever you want. But I do ask that we posture our hearts and begin to repent before the Lord for where we haven't made space for him and become distracted. I think the New Living Translation says, I think it's the New Living Translation that says, Mary found the one thing most important. And I think if we were to characterize our own life or take account of our own lives, that there's other things. Maybe I'm just speaking for me that I've, I've put on a list of more important. And there's nothing more important. Even if you don't know him, you know that you're searching for something that's important. It's him. It's him. So let's just take a moment and begin in your own time, in your own words, in your own, in your own thoughts. God's speaking to you about what is in your heart. And just begin to repent before the Lord.
Jesus, forgive us. When you deserved the highest place, when you deserved the highest place, we put other things in your place. You are the head of the church. You are the Lord of our lives. Jesus, today, we place you in the highest place. all power all glory belongs to you we repent Jesus for putting things out of order but we step back into divine order As you is the Lord, as you is the thing that's the most important, and you're not a duty, God, you're not something that we have to do, you are everything to us. We surrender our will and our ways to you. So Jesus, I ask that in these days, would you teach us and show us the places and ways in our life where the habits in our life, the thinking patterns, the structures that cause us to get out of alignment. In fact, Jesus, would you break those structures? those man-made rules and man-made religion? Would you step in and break those things down? And God, I pray that this morning, that this isn't just a nice prayer, but God, that there is a fire 
that is being lit on the inside of your church to hunger and thirst after righteousness because those that hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. And if there's anything that we need to be filled with, God, it's you. Have your way in your church. We surrender to you, God. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.